Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real with you for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better? You really can do it, but nobody is going to do it for you. Nobody is going to push you out of bed to work out. Nobody is going to make you eat better. But here's the thing. Nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. Two and a half million people, each doing the Beachbody program that fits our own goals. Over 80 to choose from, some that take just 20 minutes a day. Nutrition plans that teach you how to eat healthy and still enjoy food. What we all have in common is we know it's not easy, so we help each other. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. That's why I'm inviting you to try our amazing Beachbody fitness and nutrition programs. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Hello and welcome to a brand new podcast for TV fans by TV fans. In the week where we saw another group of celebrities take to the ice, Olivia Coleman win a Golden Globe and ITV drag those revolving chairs out of the prop store, this is Series Linked. I'm Emma Bullymore from the TV Times and this is Mark Jeffries from The Mirror. Hiya Jeffers. Hey, how's it going? Very good, thank you. Right, on our very first episode of this brand new podcast dedicated to everything on the box that's both on and in demand. We'll be joined by one of the country's best-loved broadcasters. It's Eamon Holmes. The Queen of Love Island, Caroline Flack, will give us her box set to watch before you die. And it's all singing and all dancing as we look ahead to The Voice and ask who will be the greatest dancer. So, Jeffers, we're back. It's 2019. Ready for a podcast? I'm very excited, yeah. I think we've got the Christmas sort of TV out of the way. Some of it was good, some of it was bad. And what we've got now is a, is a great uh, sort of winter schedule. All the channels throwing at us their best dramas, their best reality TV shows. And we're here to talk about it. It's going to be great. I'm excited. So our first show and our first guest, we're very excited. He's here, broadcasting royalty, hero of the screens, OBE, Eamon Holmes. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Marks. And thanks, Emma, for having me. Because um, TV, what is there not to like? It is the joy. I always say, people say to me, you know, about going to work and things. And although we probably, people like me, work hard. Do you know what? You're working in TV. It's incredible. Do something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. But you must be tired because you were live on TV on Sunday yes. night. Yes. Do the right thing. Yeah. What you, you must love the show to give up your Sunday nights. Well, uh, yeah, look, look, you, you get a chance at evening time telly. You're doing it live, which is tremendous as well. Um, it's exciting, keep you in the edge of your seat. And really, anything could happen over that hour. And when you're as old as me um, and you have so many memories of so many things uh, gone by and you get a chance to work with Esther Ranson. You know, as a 14-year-old kid, I would have watched Esther Ranson on That's Life. There's so few like her left, Mark. What, what was it like working with her? Well, you see, for me, honestly, I do, gen- I mean that, I do pinch, literally think, I go back to when I was a 14-year-old watching television and... I sit in the script meetings and normally I'm the one, I'm the bossy one in the script meetings. And then I listen to what she has to say and I think, good point, good point. That's very good. Precise. She's been there. She's done it. She's got the T-shirt. And you know what? She's still got the hunger. Um, she's very senior. I don't think she's far off 80. 
and um, she is in there and she wants to do things and I know she's famed for her teeth but she has those teeth sharpened ready to go stick into <laughs> anyone as regards campaigning I mean she just gets incensed by things and I think I wouldn't want to face her so a privilege privilege to work with her and she was doing a cyberbullying campaign yeah. while Ruth was doing naked cleaning it's got everything <laughs> <that> she- <laughs> do you know you're right and it's absolutely this is a true story um, when I first met Ruth and I got talking to her um, she kept talking about cleaning quite a lot and the first time she invited me to her apartment I rang the doorbell and she came to the door with yellow marigold gloves on and I thought to myself this woman's not only beautiful intelligent whatever she cleans as well this is just <laughs> incredible it was all in one big package and uh, she to this day that's what she is she is uh, she, she's just she keeps she's a domestic goddess that's the way I would say to her as well as uh, doing what she does but um, it was cheeky, cheeky stuff. <laughs> and we had somebody naked last night, a naked cleaner, live on the show. And the camera slipped. It may have been deliberate, may not. I don't know. But the camera <laughs> slipped. We saw a bit more than we were supposed to. But it was after nine o'clock. It's live. That's it's what happens live. on live telly. It's live, you know, yeah. <laughs> and do you want to tease a bit about what, what's coming for the rest of the series? Well, do you know what? Just generally, what I would say about this, Emma, is um, it's... It's a, it's a good programme from the point of view that I think there's so much cynicism out there. Most things we read and most things that are broadcast are negative. It's all about Brexit. It's about people hating other people. It's about sadness around the world. And I actually, you know, I'm a journalist who works in that environment. And on this programme, honestly, this has restored my faith in human nature. You genuinely think, well, no one's out there. No one cares for anyone else. No one does things for anybody else. And maybe we were all too busy talking about it than actually experiencing it. And we've experienced so many things that people do for other people that you think, oh my goodness, would I even have thought of doing that? And it's very, very humbling. So listen, there's a feel-good factor about it. There's an appreciation of, you know, maybe the world's a bit better than we actually think it is as well. We're live, there's surprises. Who knows where we're going to go over the next five weeks, but hopefully people will come with us. Exciting. It was a really busy weekend for telly. Lots of reality shows back. Dancing on Ice, did you get a chance to catch up on it a little bit? Well, start of the year, everybody, obviously we were on at the the same time as Dancing on Ice. um, But, you know, what I've caught up on and what I know from friends taking part, like Sarah Khan, who Mm. I work on radio with, is big time extravaganza. ITV have thrown everything at this. It's all bells and whistles. It looks brilliant. So it does. But there'll always be that, um, I suppose when you watch something like this, you think, who's got the advantage, who hasn't? Now, my good friend James Jordan, dancer, former Strictly. He was amazing. Well, he was amazing. And you know what that's going to be. People are going to say, yeah, but he's a dancer and he should be amazing. But he's a dancer on skates, which is slightly different. However, I take people's point. I think my good friend won't win it because people, as we've seen on Strictly with Faye and Ashley, for mm-hmm. instance, people think, well, they're, they're good, they're a bit too good, but they like the idea that Stacey was the underdog or Suggsy was the underdog there. And yeah, I think you don't he want to peak for it eventually. You don't want to peak too early, I think, yeah. in these shows. You, you, Big you, scores last night. Yeah. Big scores. Yeah. And it was a really accomplished performance, but you could see, you could see that he yeah. was a professional dancer that, you know, that was shining Well, I think he'll go far. I do think he'll go far, but you're right, Mark, from the point of view that I just think when it comes to a public vote, people will say, oh, James, you're very good, but, you mm. know, you're, you, you should be very good. Yeah, you. I think you want to be sort of middle for, to begin with. You don't want to be too. You don't want to be terrible. And you, and I, and I think Gemma Collins, obviously, who's everyone's talking about. But Gemma's gonna, a phenomenon. Yeah. That's what she is. I spent the whole episode just waiting for the GC could, to yeah. arrive. Could she win it if she if she really took it seriously? Do you think? 
Well, I think it comes down to a likability factor. And I think people are fascinated with Gemma and people think, see it as a whole circus act. And, and so does Gemma. She's not stupid. She knows exactly what she brings. But I, I don't know. I think at the end of the day, people are ruled by their hearts on these things. And it depends if someone else has a better journey story. Yeah. I would say. All I do know is my respect to all of them. I wouldn't do it. I mean, I just, I couldn't. I wouldn't. Strictly is blooming tough. Yeah. But this one, whoa. On blades, dancing on blades. I just think the chance of injury with this one is so oh. high as well, and it's not. Wouldn't it be a it would be a leg break and arm break. The only and... thing worse than this one's the jump. But even someone as bad as Todd Carty wasn't gripping onto the edge. I'm always gripping onto the edge. How do, how do they get decent enough even to just go backwards and no, forwards? Respect. I agree with you. Respect on that one, and they, and they do look relatively comfortable, which I suppose says a lot for the pros and everything. So it's a good spectacle, and I think previously this show hadn't got the same status as Strictly. And I think people are now so hungry for dance and yeah. music and escapism and glamour and whatever that I think it'll probably do very well this year. And you're working with Sarah Khan, so you yes. see how hard she's working, yes, what she hard. told you about training. Well, her story is very similar to Ruth's. Ruth's was on, on Strictly. And um, basically the pro problem was, cut a long story short, when Ruth was asked to do Strictly, she said she came to me and said, oh... Oh, and I've been asked to do this, and you know, and da 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 da, and and, um, and and it's always been my dream, but I can't do it. And I looked at her, and she said, "Well, well I'm, I'm far too busy." And I just raised my eyebrows. She said, "What? What?" And I said, "Well, it obviously wasn't your dream. Don't tell me it was your dream, because if it was your dream, you would do it." So she didn't take that too well. She <laughs> slammed, slammed the door, um, disappeared, came back a few hours later, and said to me, "Right, I'm going to do it." but not because of what you said. But I, I harboured that guilt all through that because she was doing Loose Women this morning. She'd launched a fashion range in QVC. She was involved in tons of um, um, planning meetings and publicity things for all of that. There was some other programme, which I can't remember, but there were five things on the go for her. And finding practice time was practically impossible. And really, it took it out of her, and it was a, it was a big strain on mm. us. Sarah is in exactly the same position. But I said to Sarah, when she said to me, should I do this? I said to her, she said, I haven't got time. And I said, look, that's what Ruth said. But the thing is, Sarah, you mightn't be asked again. Ruth mightn't have been asked again. If it was your dream, I'm always this person. I went to a school where they, where they said to us, if you have got a gift, if you're good with animals, be a vet. If you're good with figures, be an accountant, whatever it is. And from a religious point of view, they said, God has given you a gift. It is your moral duty to use it. And I always believe that. And I always think, what a shame that somebody has a gift and they say, well, I could have been a golfer or a footballer, but, but, but what? But what? I mean, I was very, very lucky that as a TV presenter, you know, at 19, I was given the opportunity to do what I wanted to do from the age of 11. And so therefore... You know, I just believe, go for it, go for it. And Sarah has a lot of things to fit in. But, you know, maybe she's got a journey there that the public would identify with. And the fact is, Ruth didn't regret it, even though she was no. juggling all those things. She loved it, didn't she? You could not drag her away. She genuinely, you know, that show comes on, that music. Dun, 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 dun. She licks her lips, she gets her glass of wine or whatever. She sits in front of that telly. Meanwhile, I'm in the other room.
<laughs> well, you say that because you've got some really interesting mm. stats with yes, you. Stats. This is absolutely right. <laughs> Talk us uh, through these. Uh, on a Saturday night, a lot of people may not realise, but television like BBC Two and Channel Five in particular have got um, a lot of programmes that are factual orientated. They may be barge journeys. They may be about icebergs. They may be, you know, wildlife programmes. They may be. There's there's a big thread on the Second World War, for instance, you know, as well. And I tend to sit down and just find myself transported by these things on a Saturday night. Basically because Ruth doesn't go out on a Saturday night. She just wants to watch Saturday night TV. Now, the Saturday night TV she watches, I, I rarely do. So if you go through <laughs> uh, on my Sky Planner, uh, you will see uh, things like um, there's the movie Philomena. Judy Dench was in that. Um, there's Wheeler Dealers there. There is uh, the film Vertigo, Discovering John Wayne, Mysteries of the Missing, The Markham and Wise Show, um, The World's Most Luxurious Airliners. That's a good mix. <laughs> so that's me, right? That's sort of me. And there's a lot of Second World War stuff there and as well. And that's all in one room. And meanwhile, Ruth's in, in the, the other room. room and if you look at Ruth, you get um, Michael McIntyre's Big Show, The Real Housewives Off somewhere, I don't know where that is, Victoria <laughs> Wood Live, Graham Norton, Victoria Wood, Jane MacDonald, Modern Family, Delicious. And then you get, this is the way it goes, EastEnders, 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 <laughs> Coronation Street, Coronation Street, Coronation Street, EastEnders, Coronation Street. I've just, I go in and I say... How many episodes of EastEnders have been made? How could you possibly have six to watch? I just don't get that. Because she's always watching them every night. She's watching EastEnders and Corey every single night. But what would happen if she said, oh, Eamon, come and sit next to me and watch Corey? No, but the thing is, even though if she was luring me like that, <laughs> um, she would actually say this to me. She would actually say, you can come in here only if you don't ask any questions. <laughs> You can't ask, don't be interrupting me with anything, because if we watch, and the few shows we've ever watched together are, it started with 24, Kiefer Sutherland 24, we started watching that together, um, she stuck out House of Cards for two episodes and then forgot that, and we watched all of Car Share with Peter Kay. Love that. Um, together, Great. yeah. That's good. But she'll go, I'll say, but why is he, a don't ask me this, she doesn't want to be interrupted, Ruth is directionalised with what she's watching. So we don't re we don't really watch TV together, really. So you said there that Ruth watched The Greatest Dancer. Yeah. What did you? you so you've seen a little bit of that. What did mm -hmm. you think? I thought it was different. I thought it was exciting. I thought um, again, like Dancing on Ice, a lot of big money spent on that. Um, and I lo I love the whole concept that the mirror or the wall. The mirror is really a a, a window into the uh, the audience, and the audience are voting for whoever gets through. But I sort of thought that's a bit of Michael McIntyre. I mean, every show yeah. steals of other shows. Every steal, you know, you know, you know what we do. We've got find a family in there, and we've got a bit of that's life in there, and you know. So there's always remnants. Nothing's ever original. Um. So it's how you use that, and that's good. And I thought it was very good, but I thought basically I get the feeling this is a vehicle for Cheryl. Yeah. So is this about the people or is it about Cheryl? But uh, isn't it weird that she doesn't actually get to do anything? You've got well, these... she got up on stage. I saw her dancing with she one of the She did do a bit of that. that yeah. But they're supposed to be experts and they don't actually really get to say anything. It's the audience yeah. that gets to vote. There's a lot of people on social media saying, I didn't like all the chatting in the audience. I didn't like the receptionist. There's a lot of faffing around. What did you think, Jeffers? I just thought there were too many people. There was a receptionist as well who greeted the people. And that was a bit like a hairdressing show that yeah, used to be on Channel and, 4 uh, or something. Yeah. Uh, dating shows use yeah, that as well, yeah. don't they? And then you've got the two presenters. 
presenters who don't really seem to have that much to do because the receptionist mm. has done it. Then you've got the captains. I think that's what they're officially called. Yeah, not officially coaches, captains. not judges. The new thing is captains. And then they were sort of there, but they don't vote because the, the audience votes. And so it just felt like there were there were way too many people. It just felt a little bit of a, a little bit of a jigsaw puzzle and a little bit, little bit messy, I thought. But technologically, it was all bells and whistles again. Really, yeah. The way the public voted with the lights and everything—that was, yeah, that was as as modern as it gets. Really, it depends. It depends if that signals Saturday night to you, and you think this is worth watching. What they forget is most TV. There has to be an intimacy. There has to be something that's close that you buy into, and that I used that term to you earlier—a likability. You know, most of us. You know what? Some of the best people in television—they're not very good technically, but they're likable. And if you can be likeable, that's you just can't put a price on that, really. And like you were hinting at earlier, that's what they're banking on is Cheryl being likeable and that it's, you know, a vehicle for Cheryl. But is, does she still have that magic that she used to have? You know, when she was on X Factor, yeah, you'd watch it for her. But would you would still? You? Would you? I think people did. There was All a right. real sort of, you know, so I don't know. cult I around her at the time. <laughs> I'm not sure she still has the, the, that huge I mean. appeal. And the other thing that... To pick up on what Eamon said about having those relationships, I felt there was a real um, lack of chemistry and something that I hope will grow as the show continues. But the three judges, that there was not much warmth there. I, I felt like they could have almost met each other that day. There was, you know, there wasn't a lot of hugging or there wasn't a lot of shared stories. They didn't seem to have much of a connection with the hosts. You know, they weren't stood very often close to each other, and I just felt it. It didn't quite hang together as well as it, it, it as it could. It's a good idea, but that, that it's a little bit flawed at the moment. I thought. I agree. But The Voice had some amazing oh. moments. But you see, the, the, the difference there is someone who's perceived to be an icon and someone who actually is a living legend uh, in Sir Tom Jones. Um, I just, I'm bowled over by that man's talent and the fact that he's still relevant in his 80th year. I actually think he's 78 or so. And um, like me, he's had his hip hop and, and whatever. But I looked there and that amazing moment where uh, Lonnie Donegan's son, Peter, and he comes on and it turns out that Lonnie Donegan, who people may or may not know, was a, a, a British skiffle singer. He was a songwriter, musician as well. He was called the King of Skiffle. And uh, he, he influenced 60s music quite a lot. And he wrote a particular song for Tom and Peter performed it. And I saw... Sometimes you see, you know, people on TV are masterful at feigning emotion. But Tom Jones got up to sing there and his eyes just filled up. And I don't think you can feign that. I didn't think it was false. I thought it was an absolutely beautiful, is a good word, uh, piece of television. And and I was emotional watching that. And I just thought it was marvellous. And, you know, as I say, maybe... In homage to to Tom Jones and to Lonnie, Lonnie Donegan, I just thought it was a window on the past, and uh, it was just it was wonderful TV. And just showed how talented Tom is that he could just stand up and sing. You know, oh. wasn't prepared for it. He started singing as sitting down. I mean, yeah. I, I I come across people all the time, and they have to stand. And the humidity has to be right, and they have to have a towel around their throat, and they have to do lots. Of, and I just thought, there he is. He got up and did it. Always very accessible, lovely man. I've been to see him. There's him and Rod Stewart. I think I've seen most in concert. Um, a superb, superb artist. Brilliant man. Fantastic. And The Voice did triumph in the ratings up against The Greatest Dancer, didn't it, Jeffers? Yeah, it was 4.8 million. Um, so it was it was fractionally ahead. But I think also definitely, as Eamon says, I think that was probably the moment of Saturday night. The 
duet with uh, Peter Donegan and Tom Jones. And I think you also had another really nice moment, which was a bit closer to the end with uh, a woman called Nicole Dennis. And she actually did a duet with Jennifer Hudson. Um, they both worked on Dreamgirls. She'd been in Dreamgirls in the West End. And that was a really nice, uh, really nice duet and a fantastic moment as well. So I thought it was a bit of a slow burn of the voice. It was a little bit sort of um, quiet towards the start, nothing spectacular. And then it sort of lit up at the end. You had you had the Lonnie Donegan moment and then this uh, moment with Nicole Dennis and it really kicked on then. And which do you think had the best weekend? Dancing on Ice, The Voice or Grace's Dancer? I think just because of the GC, I think probably Dancing on Ice just just about edges it. But I think the, vo- the Voice certainly on Saturday was the more watchable. And I expect that audience maybe to go up a bit. And I think The Greatest Dancer, as we, as we said, probably got a bit of work to do to kind of really sort out the format. Well, everyone's pretty much back at work now. Christmas seems like a distant memory. But the festive break, as ever, did deliver some big telly moments. The Bross documentary, as we all know, was an unlikely hit. Luther came back and terrified us all once again. And we had a whole new viewing experience with Black Mirror's Bandersnatch on Netflix. Well, Charlie Brooker has said that he won't make another Black Mirror using the Choose Your Own Adventure format. But Netflix has now said the technology is there, so we could see it pop up in other shows. So a question for you, Jeffers, which classic telly moment would you like to have chosen what happens and what alternative choice would you have gone for? Well, I think for this, uh, it has to be somebody being killed, really, on the... Uh... <laughs> Straight in. Murder is what well, I want. Well, Bandersnatch, there was, um, you know, there was a lot of options. Do you kill the person? Do you not kill the person? And that got me thinking to a lot of classic TV moments. Um, Bobby Ewan was killed and then had to come back a year later after, you know, public demand and they had to do the whole dream sequence but I don't want to go for that one Lindsay Denton obviously I love Keely Hawes I would have loved her to stay longer in line of duty but I sort of think she probably died at the right time and it played out quite well so I've gone for Matthew Crawley who's played by Dan Stevens who was killed off in Downton amazing good choice that was uh, Christmas 2016 it caused absolute outrage a lot of people said it ruined their Christmas and I think if he was uh, if he'd have still been alive he could obviously be in the film when it comes back uh, next year but what would you want the option to be? Just they had a nice Christmas or? I mean, he could fight for his life for a bit. He could have a serious, <laughs> serious injury would be fine. I, ju- I just think killing him off at that point. I know that he wanted to leave at that point, but I think killing him off was a bit drastic. Yeah, I know what you mean. But generally, I, so I love the Choose Your Own Adventure books, but I like it when they, you know, I, I don't, I like it when, when they tell me what's going to happen. I like a proper ending. I don't want to have to choose myself. You know, when they say, oh, we left you to decide. Don't leave me to decide. So you thought that, did you think there was too much choice as well on Bandersnatch then as well? Well, it was kind of fun as a gimmick, but I, d- I don't know. I just, also, you didn't have long enough to make the decisions. It's like, well, if you're going to let me choose, I need more time. It was really quick. And then some of the choices didn't really feel like proper choices either. Like if he had Frosties or whatever it was. I'm like, well, that, that doesn't make a difference. And I think some of the... Some of, I, I enjoyed playing it and I lo- enjoyed doing it. But like you say, after a while as well, a lot of the ends were, were quite similar. And so I kind of felt like I'd done it and you know, I wasn't going to carry on and sit, find out all 25 endings. When you buy clothes from Balkan, you're not buying from just another online retailer. You're buying from a five-star rated brand. Fit and quality is at the heart of everything we do. And you're not buying throwaway fashion either. You're buying meticulously crafted, elegant pieces that you'll love forever. Our collections are defined by foundational pieces infused with timeless essentials and relevant trends. 
Marie Claire described our collections as everyday designs with a cool fashion edge. And The Telegraph said, if you're after a perfectly pulled together, paired back capsule wardrobe, then Balkan is your go-to. Right now, you can enjoy a little luxury for less in our end of season sale. And with free delivery and returns when you spend £59, there's never been a better time to try us. In fact, the only difficult bit is spelling our name. Balkan. B-A-U-K-J-E-N. Find us at Balkan.com. That's B-A-U-K-J-E-N.com. So we're here with Eamon Holmes in our first episode of Series Linked. And we talked a bit about entertainment. Let's go on to drama. Mm. Les was on over Christmas. I loved it. Jeffers, what did you think? See, I knew this was going to be one for you, Emma. I just, I've been watching it as as uh, as the viewers have as we go along. So I've just watched the second episode, and I'm I'm quite enjoying it. But I, but whereas with the musical or the film, you get kind of the highs and lows in in one sort of chunk. I'm finding that this, particularly with the second episode, I just find it a little bit too gloomy, what? too miserable. But it's Dominic West being charismatic all over the place. There, there is that, but there's also sort of you know lots of people being sort of treated badly, you know, hair being cut off, teeth ripped out. Mark, and there's... Mark, Mark, can I just interrupt? You? <laughs> yeah, yeah, carry Sorry. on, mate. Is there not a clue in the title? Well, yeah. <laughs> Does it? Not... But I think from from obviously in the in the when you watch the the sort of complete version in one go, you do there are there are some nice nice moments, and um, there were a couple in the first episode, and there will be obviously more to come. It's six episodes, but. I found the second episode a bit of a a bit of a struggle if I'm honest. I, I was thinking I knew Emma would be enjoying it at home, but I just found it all a little bit too bit too brutal, really. That's I suppose I'm a bit of a, a nerd about Les Mis. I've been to see it loads of times at the theatre, and this is just mm. like Les Mis with bonus features to me. So I'm loving it. Amen. Is this one for you, Emma? Massive production values. Um, you know, great cast, all that sort of thing. Great historic story, uh, period drama. But Emma, I reckon my life's miserable enough. Really, <laughs> I've never seen the musical. Matter of fact, I can't stand musicals. Oh, right? amen. So if you get musical and miserableness mixed up together, I'm thinking no, it just wouldn't be for me. There'd be like an inbuilt thing into me which would be I wouldn't watch it. I can appreciate it and say, look, if that's for you, well and good. Indeed, from your point of view, what's it like watching it without music? Well, it was confusing to start with. There's a bit where they sort of quote bits from songs. Like they say, oh, you're Prisoner 24601. I'm like, that's a cue for a song. Start singing. Yes. So it's a bit confusing to start with. But there's just so much more because they've got so much more time. So for me, actually, once I got into it, I'm loving it. And, and Dominic West is, is brilliant. He's Lily brilliant. Collins brilliant. Olivia Colman's great. Olivia Colman did lighten the mood a little bit in the second episode. Not quite enough for me. But she, yeah, she was, she was brilliant as well. So, so I will continue to watch it. And I think it might be a good one to maybe binge well, you, well, to. Why are you going to continue to watch it for? Well, <laughs> on Channel Five at the same time is do the right thing. I watch that and catch up <laughs> without the adverts. We're live. We're live. Watch that one and catch up. Okay, yeah. let's try this then. If we're not so into lame ears, yeah. what about cleaning up with Sheridan Smith? Are we excited? This starts this week. Well, I, I do think she's. Uh, I don't know what Mark's view of this is, but I do think she's one of these talents that you can put into various productions and you will be guaranteed the ratings a bit like Martin Clunes mm. in what's it called Manhunt yeah Manhunt yeah and and I do think there are certain people Dawn French and Delicious that Joanna Lumley and anything 
that just will make a big a big difference. Sher- Sheridan's up there with one of my favourite sort of actresses in, in sort of British drama, really. And pr- almost anything she does has been a hit so far. She is up against it a little bit on this one, I think, because the storyline is is not perfect. She she plays um, a cleaner called Sam, and um, she's got sort of money issues. And the way she tries to get it back is to try and do some basically insider trading, and that that's sort of the problem. It's a little bit. I find that little bit of the storyline a little bit far fetched. The idea that she would suddenly learn how to sort of buy and sell shares very quickly with one of her cleaner friends, but but she plays her part very well, and she's very believable as sort of a a sort of downtrodden mum struggling to to make ends meet and struggling to get keep her kids um, from from her husband that she split from. What, what, what have you thought, Emma? Have you managed to watch it yet? Yeah, I've seen the preview of the first episode. I actually don't mind bits that are far-fetched. I think there's so much in telly that you have to just take with a pinch of salt. I don't like it when it's, you know, they try and make it so realistic that it becomes really pretentious. I don't mind all of that. I just like watching Sheridan. See, I agree with you, Emma. I, I, I totally take on board what you say, Mark, but I sort of think, but wouldn't it be amazing if her life turned round that, you know, as a cleaner, she came in and after hours, she's able to glean this information. So totally agree, far-fetched, but... You know, why not? Why exactly. Not? I also want to bring up this show on Netflix because I spent yeah. all of New Year's Day tidying my flat with this sort of Netflix soundtrack of the show Tidying Up with Mary Kondo. I became obsessed with it. And Eamon, you've been watching it as well. Yeah, and I think, you know, I do have an obsession with tidiness. As a matter of fact, we started talking with talking about Ruth cleaning and naked cleaning uh, on our show. And, um, and, I, and I do think, you know, to be able to clean well is an art form. And probably all of us as journalists, we have cluttered minds. So we take on information or take a cutting of something and say, that might come in handy. I'll save that column. I'll do this because you never know when you might need it. And I tend to have that. And I'm a big into football and I keep my memorabilia and I love movies and I collect um, original movie posters and things like that, to which my wife goes ballistic. She goes, well, that's not going on any wall in this house. Or where are you going to put that? That's going in the bin. That's, you know, whatever, whatever. But um, I think, you know, a clean house is a sign of a clean mind. And I think what uh, Mary does is um, she's a Japanese author and she's best known for books on organizing, cleaning and tidying. So this is called the Marie method uh, in her work. So what you do is you gather all your personal belongings one category at a time so it could be like shoes shirts books you know that sort of thing whatever and then you remove and i think this is simplistically beautiful anything that does not bring joy into your life and i think it's as simple as that and when i think of that now that is exactly what i'm going to do next weekend so does your house currently resemble like one of the houses in in one of these episodes is it clutter is there mess everywhere no 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 what happens is it's it's very clean and uh, when I say minimalist, that's not true, but it's 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 clean, right? But if you open a cupboard or if you go under the stairs or you go into the lot, everything's hanging out. Everything you just stick it at the wall, come back. Flat, yeah. yeah. So so the the living area is absolutely fine, but everything has been put away for another day somewhere else. So honestly, and I do think that. You know, I worry about waste and you worry about lots of things. And, you know, if you're brought up saying to, to respect the price of something, but if you don't want to throw things out. But I do believe, and I genuinely, I'm not just saying this for jokey effect or anything, Marie Kondo's way is absolutely right. It would be good for your home and good for your mind, good for your life. Emma, Emma has this revolutionised your apartment as well over Christmas or New Year? Have you started folding? Bit. It's all folding about the folding. Folding is good. 
If you roll, rather, then yeah. you can actually see what's in your wardrobe. I'm, I'm on board with that. What I'm not so on board with is if it doesn't spark joy, mm. you have to out loud say thank you for your contribution to my life and then put it to one side. It's a bit no, but hippie for see, me. I would be very clingy. I genuinely <laughs> be very clingy. And like Ruth will say, you've got a piece of grass upstairs in a bag. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to throw it out. And I and then I always go, oh. And it's a, it's it's from the surface of the New Camp Stadium in Barcelona when Manchester United won the European Cup in 1999. But she's right, it's dead now, and it's like straw, you know? <laughs> so, and and anyway, the guy that sold it to me, he said it was from there. He took it from the pitch. But you know, hardly I know. But there are things that I think that... I do think you've got to... What do they say in Frozen? Let it go, let it go. Would it make you feel better to say thank you, piece yes, of grass? Yes. Yeah, it would, OK. Because I do, the older I get, the more um, I think that, you know, when I was younger, I go, oh, what a lot of nonsense, stupid. But actually, I do think we retain emotional possession of things. And I think if you visualise releasing something, it probably, well, it's not going to do any harm. As long as no one sees you saying it. Are you going to give this a go, Jeffers? No. <laughs> I, I watched. I watched. The, I watched uh, three of the episodes, and then by the time I got to the third one, I found it was quite samey. Yeah. I might do a little bit of the folding, but I, you know, I'm. So pretty, you get the message yeah, by program one. I felt. I felt like it wasn't necessarily mm. my. I'm not going to be thanking any of my clothes and saying they give me joy before I put them on the floor. Like I find very difficult clothes to fit me, so I don't want to give them away. <laughs> but, but it's absolutely true. You see, you could hold on to clothes, and then they become uh, what's it, back in vogue again, maybe or whatever. But do you know what? Get rid of them. Get rid of it. Give it away to somebody. Do do that. No, I I'm I'm a Mary fan. Yeah. But what about things like knives and forks that, that give me no joy? But I need them. Can't just throw them all away. Yes, but maybe you can refresh them. Maybe you can That's you true. move on to new phase in your life. I, I here's what I do. I tend to look upon things. So say you and I are friends, and we're no longer friends. We fall out or whatever. And I have pictures of you. Instead of throwing those or ripping them up, I put them mentally and physically in an album. And you say those were the Emma years. Oh, that was nice oh. and thank you Emma for being in my life that was really good but anyway Emma and I no longer in each other's lives but we move on and I don't think you can take you can erase Emma from your life but you can appreciate she was there and and move on you're yeah. a real condo convert aren't you yeah I am actually <laughs> I love this yeah, yeah. Mary Condo has definitely got the Eamon Holmes seal of approval and thank you for coming in, Eamon. You're our Thanks first guest Thanks, on Series Linked. And Do the Right Thing is on Sundays, 9 o'clock, live on Channel 5 with Eamon and Ruth. Eamon, thanks so much for being here. No, thank you guys for having me and good luck with the podcast. It's time for our very first entry onto the list of box sets to watch before you die. Each week, one of our favourite faces from the telly tells us about a series they just couldn't live without. This week, we're delighted to have the Queen of Love Island, Caroline Flack, to share her favourite series with us. So, Caroline, take it away. Hi, guys. Okay, the box set to watch before you die I've chosen is The Sinner. I'm guessing that this isn't where you thought you'd be when you woke up this morning, is it? I'm sorry. Now, first of all, I have to explain when it comes to box sets, I need something you can totally binge on. Secondly, it's a thriller, which is my favourite genre. And thirdly, it's got a twist, and that's my favourite ingredient. Where did you stab him? I stabbed in his neck. You had no interaction with him before today? I've never met him before in my life. 
I do love a who done it, but I actually think this is more of a why done it. Um, so all the way through, you're trying to work out why something happened, and you find out at the end. It stars Jessica Bill, who plays a seemingly ordinary girl, a bit dissatisfied with life, um, but very quickly and early on in the series, uh, she goes to the beach and just murders a man out of nowhere. So all the way through, you're trying to work out why she did it. Then why kill him? That's an impulse killing. It's emotional. Whatever you have to do now, I won't blame you. You know how the mind plays tricks? You see things that aren't there. What are you remembering? It looked like he recognized her. She attacks him in public. So you think she's lying? This doesn't make any sense. It's fast-paced, it's scary, it's thrilling to watch, and it has an actual ending, it has an outcome, which is brilliant. And that's why that is my box set to recommend. So, Jeffers, what do you reckon? Worth checking out, The Sinner? Yeah, I think Caroline might be onto something here. Um, it's, it's a very interesting opening episode, and it doesn't hang around. Within about 20 minutes, there is this chilling murder that takes place on a beach. And the main character involved is Jessica Beale. She plays Cora. She is the, the murderess, if you like. And there's a lot of basically unanswered questions from the beginning. It's really a why done it, as Caroline says, not a who done it. And it's all then around uh, Detective Harry Ambrose, and he's sort of looking into why Cora's done what she's done. I think that's cool because we're obsessed with detective dramas, right? But you do, I don't know, certain things you, you're just watching and you can see the red herrings and you can see the suspect that's been planted that you think you're supposed to think has done it, all that kind of stuff. I like the fact that it's a, a why done it. You know immediately what's happened, but it's also mysterious. And it feels worlds away from your sort of average sort of BBC or ITV British drama, you know, your your Vera or whatever, the, the scene's Don't very slag different. Don't just off Vera. She's just, a legend. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, and, and that's great for what it is, but I just mean this is quite a different angle, different stylistically, it's quite different. I guess the way the detectives go about looking into it is different and, and the type of murder is quite is quite um, unusual as well. It's also um, quite a complete first series. There is now a second series that's been made, but you could quite easily um, just watch the first first series in one in one go, perhaps binge it over a weekend, and you, you'd be perfectly happy. I like that. I can't bear it when it's 20-odd episodes in a series. It just, it's intimidating. I think when you see one of 24, and you think, oh, am I, am I really going to get to the end of that? You, you could definitely do this in a, in a weekend or a bank holiday weekend, and, and uh, yeah, and Caroline definitely thinks it's, it's worth it. I haven't watched all the episodes, but, but I'm going to carry on watching now. There you go. The Sinner, box set to watch before you die. We'll have another one of those next week. We're running out of time on this week's episode, sadly. But before we leave you, we need to scan across our EPGs and kind of hazard a guess at what we'll talk about, not just next week, but also next month and next year. So, Jeffers, as always, I rely on you. What should we be keeping an eye on next week? Well, next week, we've got Cold Feet returning. The trailer looks very interesting. It's James Nesbitt & Co. It's really worked, this comeback for ITV. Great ratings. And I think we're going to talk about that on the podcast a lot more next week. And next month? Uh, next month we've got a big BBC drama that's called Baptiste. It's basically a follow-up to The Missing, which was obviously such a hit over the past couple of series. It's Checky Cara, the actor, and he is playing Baptiste again. And it's going to be a very dark storyline involving sex trafficking in Amsterdam. And next year? Next year um, I've picked out Keeping Faith, which is a big BBC Wales drama. It um, picked up a lot at the time because it was filmed in both Welsh and English and shown on BBC Wales first. Ended up becoming a huge hit on iPlayer and shown on BBC as well. And they're going to come back for a second series 
although I've got questions whether it's going to be such a big hit. I think we're all going to be talking about it. Well, lots for us to keep an eye on there. And that's all we have time for. Please do subscribe and leave us a good review. We'll see you next week and we'll be ready for your Tuesday morning commute. This has been Series Linked with me, Emma Bullymore and Mark Jeffries. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real with you for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better? You really can do it, but nobody is going to do it for you. Nobody is going to push you out of bed to work out. Nobody is going to make you eat better. But here's the thing. Nobody has to, because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. Two and a half million people, each doing the Beachbody program that fits our own goals. Over 80 to choose from. Some that take just 20 minutes a day. Nutrition plans that teach you how to eat healthy and still enjoy food. What we all have in common is we know it's not easy, so we help each other. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. That's why I'm inviting you to try our amazing Beachbody fitness and nutrition programs. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great.